Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show about art, craft, and creativity. This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by Mela.com. Mela offers a place where you can sell your products, teach tutorials, and also tell your story all in one location on the web. This episode is also sponsored by Annie Pearl. Head over to AnniePearl.etsy.com where you'll find whimsical stitch markers, project bags of all kinds, and totes made by a knitter with knitters in mind. Okay, well, let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Well, hello, everyone. I am excited to bring you episode 119 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. I am back home from the Conference of Creative Entrepreneurs feeling energized and excited because I met some great people out there, had a really great time, and stick around for the after show to hear a little more about my trip. But right now, I want to focus your attention on one of the people that I met. Her name is Megan Reardon, and she launched Not Martha, that cool blog that she writes back in 2001. And it really started out as a way for her to keep notes, you know, for herself. Like she, you know, a lot of us go online and you find these really cool links. And then if, I mean, my desktop seriously looks like someone like a digital creature threw up on the screen because there's all these files. It's a big mess. My bookmarks are completely disorganized. Well, Megan came up with a a great way to just help herself keep track of the cool stuff she was finding online. And she started a blog and she started posting links and, and then her own crafty projects and recipes and things she was making. And there are some very cool blogs paying attention to what she's doing. I mean, she's gotten mentions on Daily Candy, Fred Flair, Boing Boing, Apartment Therapy, just to name a few, been nominated for several bloggy awards. And she was named one of the coolest websites of 2006 by Time Magazine, which is no small potatoes. And she has a really interesting background. She um, sewed opera costumes in Santa Fe, uh, built corporate websites in San Francisco. She ran her own small knitting supplies business out of her current home in Seattle. And she is a founding member of the Grassroots Business Association. And she's also published patterns for Nitty.com. One of her patterns, the hollow wig, the pink little bob wig, that I have is one of her patterns. And she's contributed also to several knitting books. You'll hear why the blog is called Not Martha during the interview. And this interview was recorded live out in Seattle before an audience. Yes, folks, the show actually drew an audience. <laughs> it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was really quite afraid that I wouldn't have an audience. However, Megan helped me out because she draws a crowd. So that really helped to have a popular person that you're interviewing. <laughs> so, so there was actually an audience. We had probably about 50 to 60 people. So let's get to it. Here's my live interview with Megan Reardon of Not Martha. I'm Jennifer and I'm really happy to be here. How many of you have actually heard of Craft Sanity? Is this okay? It's validation for me, thank you. Because <laughs> where, where I'm from in Grand Rapids, I walk around and people have no idea what I do online. So um, when I show up wearing aprons at the grocery store, they just think I'm very strange. So, um, But it's my pleasure to be here today to do a live Craft Sanity recording. Let's all pray 
that this goes well with my recording <laughs> equipment here. Because normally my hair's wadded up in a ball behind my head, like really messy, with a pencil sticking out of my ponytail, and I don't wear makeup or you know a dress. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a really messy office, and I call somebody really cool up on the phone and do an interview, but I am so happy to have Megan Reardon here right in front of me. And it's more pressure on both of us, actually, because we have an audience watching. But actually, I'm changing the format a little bit today. What I'm going to do is open this up so you folks get a chance to ask some questions. So we're going to start with the normal Craft Sanity interview. Um, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to make it short-winded this time. Usually it's about 90 minutes long, and I extract like all the life out of my subject, <laughs> um, all the great stories. Um, we're going to try to speed that along a little bit and allow uh, some question time at the end. So if you have a question for Megan at the, you know, near the end, and if someone can maybe be a taskmaster for me and like let me know, and we have about 15 minutes left, so we can move to that question phase. So you know, this is the point where I usually do a little intro and then I say, "Let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity." I'm not going to sing my theme song because <laughs> I can't hold carry a tune. So we're just going to move right into it and. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to skip the singing part. But Megan, I usually like to start these interviews kind of like shortly, somewhere shortly after birth, <laughs> when you first started doing something creative. And as a kid growing up, I mean, were you really crafty as a kid? I mean, did you? I was, and mostly because my mom was. She was one of these moms that had all the projects. So we made clothespin people, and we did... Um, potato stamping on fabric and all that kind of stuff that, that actually I see coming back now and I'm all like I remember that <laughs> um, <laughs> and she sewed very very well and I, I still want my grandmother's Kenmore sewing machine mom when when you're done with it and uh, <laughs> and she she was taught by my grandmother who uh, was a homemaker just by necessity and so she sewed all the clothes for her many many children and um, and did all the, the mending and all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, my childhood in Ohio was about as average as you can get. Um, I'm depicted on every, you know, the John Hughes thing was exactly how I grew up, the, you know. <laughs> um, but I was a theater nerd in high school, mostly because I'm really bad at sports, so mm. I need, and I, and I can't sing, and I have no <laughs> musical ability or rhythm, so I needed something to do. <laughs> So I and, and it was a very high, small high school with absolutely no money for the theater department. So we all ended up doing everything, costumes and makeup and sets. Um, they weren't fabulous productions, but I learned a lot. And then I went on to study costume design in college. Where did you go? I went to a conservatory program at um, Purchase College in upstate New York. It's part of the SUNY system. Okay. And conservatory meant that all I did was study theater which means if I ever want to go back to college, I have about two credits that are going to transfer. But <laughs> um, I learned a lot in a very short amount of time. Unfortunately, I also learned that I'm not a very good designer. And I don't... Uh, I enjoyed it, but it was not really something that came naturally to me. What I liked a lot was the research that went along with it. Um, knowing about the historical stuff, knowing about how seams were made in certain time periods versus another... Um, so I ended up getting a degree in dramaturgy, which was all about that sort of thing, the research behind. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's like two working dramaturgs in America. <laughs> um, so after college, I instead of toughing it out in New York City, which I just I, I didn't really want to do, I moved back to Ohio and um, started a small theater group with some friends. It was free outdoor Shakespeare. 
which was very well attended, much to our delight and surprise. And I needed, but I needed a day job. So I ended up working for uh, Cleveland.com. I was there, this is humiliating. I was their receptionist. <laughs> but it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an online company. They, they put up the newspaper's news online. Um, what year was that when you were doing that? 98. But there was nothing to do because no one came to the office. So I started learning HTML while I was there in all my copious free time when I was sitting there. I was also not a good receptionist, as it turns out. <laughs> never figured out the phone system. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was really good at learning how to do websites. And then about a year into that, I went and joined a company to build websites for corporate clients. After being, after being self-taught in HTML. Yes, yeah. Not too shabby. Back then, there wasn't nearly as much to know as there is now. Yeah. It was... <laughs> But there were no browser standards there then either, so it was not that there are like really great browser standards now. You still struggle trying to get things the same in, from browser to browser now. And then shortly thereafter, it was this was two, the year 2000, and my boyfriend and I decided to go try to chase startup money in San Francisco. So we moved to San Francisco, and about three months later, everybody lost funding. The whole thing fell apart, so that was great timing. <laughs> So what did you do then? You're in San Francisco. And you're... I actually did get a job. I was um, I worked on a corporate website. I, I was a contractor for in, inside of a larger company. So okay. well, that was great because I didn't have to go to the meetings, like the big company rah-rah meetings. Everyone forgot I was there, and I had to leave at 5 unless they wanted to pay me overtime. So that actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> 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 and then I, we were there for three, three or four years, and I just didn't like San Francisco. It was great, don't get me wrong. It was not a great time to live there. Everyone was depressed, and a lot of things were closing down. So we, uh, we so well, my husband got a job, and we moved up here to Seattle. So, um, And around that time, I actually started a small um, company of my own. I was sewing knitting needle cases um, and selling them online. And I, I wasn't selling them through Etsy, mainly because I knew how to set up my own web shop. Um, and I'm wondering if I should have been selling them on Etsy too, just for that extra exposure, or would I have been buried in, you know, inside of Etsy without constantly relisting? Well, what I'm year? Sure. What year is that then? So, 2003. Okay, so Not Martha had started. To, not Not Martha started in 2001. It actually started almost very shortly after we arrived in San Francisco because our apartment was itty bitty, and I was starting to do projects around the house, and I was doing some lip balm recipes and I didn't want to write down my notes in a notebook because I will never see them again and we didn't even have a side of a fridge to put them on oh, wow. uh, but I had been organizing thoughts in website format for long enough then that having a weblog for the notes made a lot of sense to me and it also gave me a place to keep all the links that I was looking at while I was at work when I was supposed to be working <laughs> so <laughs> and so tell, tell us a little bit about the name not Martha I've been making projects and bringing them into food and like little pine cone Christmas trees one year that I, I glued like uh, sequins to, you know, um, and I would take them into work and people would go, oh, you're such a Martha Stewart. And I would say, no, I'm not. It's, that's, it's a really boring story, but that's how it, <laughs> that's how my blog got named. Well, as you, as your blog became more popular though, did, did you ever get any kind of response from the Martha thing? No, but I've always been really, really afraid that I'm going to get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> really afraid. Um, actually, I did. I did have a phone conversation with um, a producer once that, that called up to ask about 
stuff and she did in the middle of the conversation she did like say so you know what's what's with the name of your blog and I was like it's really no disrespect I never knew it was going to be around this long um so I did I do wonder if 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 she was just curious or if or if it was an inquiry so okay yeah you're not really sure what the motivation behind yeah, yeah. I, I I really think she was just curious yeah but I yeah yeah well I don't I mean you haven't it, it, I don't think it's disrespectful I think it's you know, a bunch of us feel like we're not Martha, you know? <laughs> I can relate to that. I could totally relate to that. Yeah, and it's funny because um, it's kind of funny to be sitting here now talking to you because, you know, I, I found your your blog was actually one of the first, like, craft blogs that I started to follow because I didn't actually start my own until, like, 2005, and I, I was making – I actually have magnets in my refrigerator, <laughs> the marble magnets. Oh, yeah. I made the hollow wig. Did anyone else make the hollow wig here? The pink hair – wig from nitty.com. Yeah, you have to check it out. It's a, <laughs> Halloween is coming up and um, you know, and I just thought, you know, I could I like this I like this lady who's making this cool stuff. Yeah, and it's and I, where do you get the inspiration because obviously, you know, making a pink wig and things like this. I mean, you do a lot of like quirky crafts, but have a lot of really fun practical things too. Where do you get the inspiration for all the stuff that you do? It's really just what I want or what I need. The Halloween was actually invented in March because I had gone to the the fabric store and I was having a really bad hair day and I was like, Oh, I want a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that was, I mean, that was it. I was like, Oh, I could knit a wig. And I was learning how to do increases and decreases. So it seemed like a really good project. Did you wear that wig around town? Only in Halloween. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it took me from March until October to figure out how to make it. So, Oh, so you, okay. So yeah, bad hair day, months of work and then Halloween. (laughs) Exactly. All right, we have the Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that one of the things that's really great about what you're doing is that you you kind of you're one of the people that has been out there longer than most of us on the web. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now, and then we'll talk a little bit more about like the practical, like how to get more, how to get yourself your established. Because obviously you have a head start. It's going to take us, the rest of us, a lot of time to try to catch up to you if we can. You know. So what are you working on right now? Um, right now, I'm actually doing projects for other sites, which is, and some of them are guest blogging things. And um, but I do have a semi-regular uh, thing that I do with Holodash, which is um, a holiday-focused website where they want me to create elaborate crafts, not not ones focused for kids, um, but whimsical, slightly more, slightly harder to do crafts. So right now, I'm creating a Halloween project for them, which I, I feel like yes. Halloween's time here. We can start working on it. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Don't tell them that. Um, <laughs> now, how deadline? I mean, how close to your deadline do you work? It, it's all over the place. Okay. Um, I've just started working with Holodash, so it's uh, sometimes they'll come to me a month in advance, and this time around, they you know they came earlier because if they release the project a week before the, the right, holiday, you don't have time to make right. it. Um, for my own stuff, I, there's a couple things I've been working on for a few years that nobody knows about yet. Um, sometimes it's an immediate turnaround. Sometimes it's a month of work. Usually it's... I, I have been very um, holiday-focused lately, not intentionally, but a lot of times I will do this thing where I, I make something and I photograph it. I struggle to get good photos. And then I tell everyone about it like three days before Easter, which is not helpful at all if you want to do something, if you want to make something yourself that's similar, so... 
Yeah, sorry, I, sorry about that. Yeah, I think a lot of us bloggers do that. We're like so excited, you know, and you're thinking if you get it done two days before the actual holiday that you're really doing really great. <laughs> but, but it totally stinks for everybody else. It's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe next year. Yeah. So do you have a day job that you do? I do not have a day job. Okay. I'm, I'm not making a whole lot of money either. I'll just <laughs> lay that out there. Well, yeah, I have yet to find, and all these interviews have done, I've yet to find a loaded crafter, like <laughs> someone who's not like married to somebody that's loaded or, you know, um, yeah, it seems like most of us kind of, um, I don't know about you, but I'm not really motivated. I mean, of course, if someone wants to come along and sponsor my podcast for the next five years, I will be seriously want to talk to you, but I'm not really, I'm not really in this. Like it's not, I mean, obviously it's not about money because none of us are really making yeah. lots of money, but why do you keep doing what you do? Cause people always ask me like, well, why do you do that? It's like so time consuming and blah, 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 you know, but why, why do you do it? I'd be doing it anyway and just bugging people around me with it. But this way I, I get to put it somewhere. And I, it, I really am still just keeping notes. My, um, I, I keep a weblog where I, I post the things that I've been making, the things I've been cooking, and just links to other things that I find interesting. And it, it, it always has been, and it still is, just things I want to find later on, things I want to remember, things I might find useful, like guide to buying a mattress. I'll eventually need to buy a new mattress. That'll be helpful. That kind of thing. That's my entire thought process. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> it's that simple for me. I think a lot of people, um, as they're trying to figure out a voice and a presence to have online, and a lot of people are using it as a marketing tool to try to figure out if they're trying to sell a product or something. Um, it seems to me, though, that the more authentic you are. And for you, I mean, it's like Time Magazine saying that you have one of the coolest blogs in 2006. You probably didn't plan that that was going to be no, what no. would happen. But what advice do you have for people that are really trying to find their voice? And how long do you think it took you? I mean, did you just, is it pretty much the same, what you've been doing? Has it changed at all? It's pretty much the same for me. I don't write in a very journaly way. Um, when, when I started uh, online, a lot of people were doing online journals. Um, and I was, I was kind of strictly about facts. Like I like this thing. I like that thing, you know? Um, I don't, I occasionally I'll write about uh, personal things. I just wrote about, um, our, the anniversary of our move away from San Francisco. And that was, I think the most personal thing I've done in a, wh a while. And it was all about just exactly what I told you guys. Like it was 2001. There was nothing happening there. It was <laughs> chosen bad time to move. Um, um, but usually it's just projects and things. There is a downside to the way that I do my web blog in terms of me ever wanting to... It's harder for me to... Well, I don't want to say that because that sounds narcissistic. I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm something at a disadvantage because I don't have a blog that's a category. It's not a food blog. It's not a craft blog. Um, so I don't get linked to from a lot of sidebars where they have cat like my favorite craft blog, it's my favorite mommy blogs, my favorite food blogs. I don't really fit in any of those. Is At it least kind of like a lifestyle blog though, because it's kind of like your life and your I, style. I guess so. <laughs> so people, you're gonna link to Megan lifestyle blogs that I like and have a little category. But yeah, I can see where that would be challenging because you're you're not focusing on just one mm -hmm. thing. And um, but the thing is, you're still I mean, you're still successful. You're out there, so it's and having knowing that people are reading it does keep me going. Um, I would probably still be putting notes up, but I probably wouldn't be putting them up. I wouldn't be trying to put them up every day the way that I do now. I wouldn't have that much energy to work on the website if I, if I didn't know people were reading it. So that is, you know, that is like a feedback loop. So, so is it, how big a deal are comments to you now? Because I know when I first started blogging and someone actually made a comment, and if they happened to be from outside the United States, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I mean, this is fantastic, you know, and, um, but to me, it's still thrilling to like have people comment and, you know, say, Hey, yeah, you know, and uh, what do you think about comments now? I mean, is it, Oh, I, I totally, I love them. It's, it's really, really cool. I don't, um, I don't have a sister. So, and in part, I feel like I keep track of all my projects in part because I don't have somebody like call and be like, what's your favorite chocolate cake recipe? You know? <laughs> um, so I, I, I love comments. I, I'm not in front of my computer all day long. So a lot of times I'll see them at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's, it's always funny when I do a, something like a giveaway and I get a whole bunch of comments and, and then I'll, you know, and then I'll get like 30 comments or five comments on something else. It's not, it's not an ego thing, but it's, it's kind of interesting to see who's talking and what prompts people to say something. I will say that I don't leave a lot of comments on other people's websites. So I don't mind if you don't want to leave a comment on my website. I'm totally there with you. It's <laughs> yeah, I was actually reflecting on that because I was like, you know, I, I did a giveaway recently or I gave away Thread. And um, it was an awesome Thread. And, um, <laughs> and I told the company, don't send it to me because I will not give it away. <laughs> I'm going to just send you a couple addresses. You send it to the winners. But, you know, I got, you know, in a short amount of time, over 100 comments. And it was like, I know it's small potatoes for you. But, but you know, I got, and then, you know, the next post I had, I had like two comments and I'm just like, you know, but, but at the same time, I understand. I mean, if you're going to get something, you know, people want to throw their name out there. And there's a lot of us who lurk on other people's blogs. And I do that. I totally do that. But I know when I reflected on it, I'm like, you know, I kind of tried to make an effort to comment a little more after that, you mm-hmm. know, because in order to, if we want to receive that comment love, <laughs> We, we probably should give a little bit of it back too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, do you have any just any words of advice for people that starting out now in 2010? It's different than when it's actually easier to have a website now. It is. There's you know a lot of things that make it very easy to set up your own website for free. Any advice for people just starting out? Like they're going to start out, or they maybe want to just tune up their own blog. This one's hard because I don't do a lot of things that you're supposed to. <laughs> Um, do you mean in terms of starting the website? Well, it, a lot of people here, most of you, how many people do not have a website? Okay. And do, are you trying, are you guys in a kind of a phase where you want to start a website or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this, so for the folks that, I mean, some people have, many people have their own website started, but for those who are kind of like lurking about on other people's websites, <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, how to, cause I think the first blog post is actually probably the hardest mm. because you're like, okay, what do I say? I can say anything. I can post a picture of anything. What do I do? Um, any advice for people just starting out to try to figure out where to begin? See my, so I'll go with my first post was, it was a link to a device that allowed you to put teddy bears inside of balloons. <laughs> because I thought that was really cool. It's, I, I've, I've gone back to see if the link, the link is dead now, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> so I jumped right in. I didn't do an introductory, hi, this is who I am. I, I did have an about page. Um, I think it was long and rambling. I but I don't think like you. I don't think you need to have a hello world post if, unless you want to. That's great. I when I find a new web blog and I, I can actually like only go through the first like they don't have such a big backlog that I can actually read it from the beginning. I kind of dig that because a lot of times I'll be introduced to a web like web blog and they'll have three years of posts and I'm just like I can't start from the beginning. Um, 
I, I don't really think it's very useful to uh, put a lot of... I'm not very good at this advice thing. <laughs> well, it, um, so- it sounds like the, what you did is you didn't say, hello, everyone, I'm going to blog every day for the next year, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to commit to this. And Because I see a lot of people will do that and say, hello, I'm here, I'm going to blog every day, I'm going to blog five times a day, I'm going to put, you know... <laughs> 100 links up in the first month. And then they fall off the wagon maybe on day three. And then it's over. It's totally over. So I think Megan's, Megan's approach, I mean, your approach is really cool in the sense that you just kind of like jumped in and you thought, hey, this, this link was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was quirky. And it gets people to like come back and want to see, well, what is she going to link us to next? Because it's interesting. It's stuff that people might not find on their own. Um, you know, I can't, I don't think I've ever Googled device to put a bear inside of a balloon. I've never done that. Um, So, you know, it seems like what worked for you is just posting what interested you. Because I think a a lot of times the temptation is to look at blogs like Megan's and think, wow, she's so successful and people are looking, she's getting lots of comments. I'm going to do something like her, you know, and and maybe set up the same format. And and while that's flattering, you know, that people want to try to be like you, it's not always, you know, it's not authentic, you know, where you want to figure out what interests you. I mean, do you want to know about, um, are you interested in teddy bears going inside balloons or are you, are you interested in other things that are totally craft focused or totally jewelry design focused or totally fiber art focused? It sounds like, you know, what I'm kind of interpreting from you, forgive me, you know, kind of taking over here. Um, it's just, you know, do what interests you and don't commit to things you might not be able to deliver on. Because you, you, you didn't make promises at the beginning. You no. just started posting and then you looked back and, oh, look, it's almost 10 years later and you've been, do you blog almost, you said every day you try to blog? I try to. One of the things I do is generally when I'm surfing, I keep a list of links and I'll put them in a category, food or crafts or, you know, stuff that's handy about the house. And then when I have a list of them, maybe 10, I'll put them up as a post. Um, And you can always tell when I am really busy otherwise or I'm feeling very lazy because I'll have a whole week full of just just links. Otherwise, I post about whatever it is I've been doing. I try to take pictures of food and cakes and stuff. Stuff I don't know, which people like. People like that because yeah. then they can see and like, wow, that looks good. I'm gonna try it, you know. And so having this blog and and just kind of what started out as this just thing for you to keep notes for yourself. What kind of doors is that open for you? I've gotten to meet a bunch of really great people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, including almost all of my friends here in Seattle, um, who who either had weblogs that I knew of or knew me from the weblog and just wrote to say like, hi, welcome to Seattle. Um, which is great because I'm not, I, I work at home and I don't get out very much and I'm very shy and awkward and it's very hard for me to make friends. So that was great. So it's been socially, it's been great. <laughs> yes. it, socially it's been great. And, and then as far as professionally, uh, it sounds like you, you're writing now tutorials for other websites and you're getting, these are paid where no one was paying you to write. A tutorial for your own site, yeah. like the marble magnets that I have on my refrigerator. <laughs> Nobody paid you to show me to tell me how to make those. Um, but now you're getting opportunities based on your website. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, have, are those are, are steady? I mean, do you have a lot of different? Yeah. No, no. So it's just kind of they trickle in, you know. They do, and I, I don't pursue them because I don't know how to do that. And it's something that I've been thinking that I should do more. I'm still not quite sure what I want to do with my life. But this is fun, so I should I should look into how to market myself as a person that 
can do these kinds of tutorials. Yeah, and you have a lot on your website. I mean, on the page, I mean, how many tutorials and do you have any idea? Because there seems to be dozens of tutorials on. Yeah, there's there's, I don't know, I fifty maybe. It's but it's all stuff that it's been, you know, the ones that I did at the very beginning are still there. Yeah, so, so you just kind of added mm -hmm. added to them. Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't know if there's anything that I didn't ask you that you want people to know just about because um, your experience obviously is you're you know you've been out there for a long time and. Um, is there anything you think people should know? I mean, is there anything you wish you would have known at the beginning when you started, you know, your website? Not to, not to get obsessed about your stats. Um, I don't look at mine very much anymore, mostly because I have fatigue, stat fatigue. For, for a while I had three <laughs> stats programs running on my website and I would check them and the numbers were always different from each other, dramatically so. <laughs> I never knew which one was right. Um, I don't check them every day. I don't even check them every week anymore. Yeah, because the stats, people do get, um, when you start a blog, you, it's easy to get kind of neurotic about, okay, do you have any comments? And they like reload the page. page. <laughs> Still no comments. You know? I mean, I think we all fall into that trap because you're like excited to be out there and have this vehicle to finally be able to communicate with the public at large. And then it, it's easy to kind of fall. So it sounds like you kind of detoxed from that a little bit yeah. and not, not doing that. Um, what about negative comments? Have you had to deal with people being jerks on your site? Oh, sure. I just delete them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. If there have been a couple times when I've left them up and people have piled on, it's, it's like a weird effect. Um, oh, so they get negative too. They think, Oh, this person said something. So, so and it, it's usually, it's, <laughs> I don't like that. it's always needlessly negative. Um, and, because you're not writing negative riffs about stuff. Like, yeah. it's very, you know, it's it's nice posts. It's not, I hate yeah. this, you know. Um, well, I had a post. I had someone comment the other day, and I probably shouldn't even encourage this. Now I'm going to get tons of I went to the Renegade Craft Fair in Chicago um, a couple years ago, and I tried on. Someone was making crocheted hats, and I can't remember the artist, but I, in a moment of, you know, there's like this major downpour. I look like hell, and... <laughs> I, I like said, well, can I try on one of your hats? And I had a friend take a picture of me wearing a hat, and I had my hair pulled back, put on this hat, came down, covered like my entire like you couldn't even see my hair, and it looked like I looked like my dad basically. I looked, I looked, I looked, I looked like a dude, right? And I knew that when I saw the photo, but I posted it anyway. Big mistake. Well, it's been like two, three years since I was there. Somebody just like a couple weeks ago wrote. Oh my God, you look like a dude. Like, a blow the And I'm just like, I, I said to my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't like that comment. I said, it's true. <laughs> so, Dilly, you know, um, and now someone else might go and be like, wow, you really do look like a dude. But it's like stuff like that. And that wasn't terribly negative. I was just like, you know what? I was just afraid, though, about the piling up. <laughs> I was like, can I handle that? Um, because the thing is, when you put yourself out there, I mean, we, I mean, to be honest, our egos are kind of attached to, you know, I know I feel like kind of vulnerable. I mean, it sounds like you experience a little bit of that too, even though it's been 10 years and mm -hmm. it's still... Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people think that, you know, they can just say something and it doesn't really matter, but we care. <laughs> so I'm going to open it up to some questions now to see, does anybody have any questions for Megan about, about what she's been doing? Okay, and if you want to kind of speak loudly so we can pick it up on the mics here. And say, say your name and where you're from. My name is Catherine White. I'm from Seattle, Washington. And I'm really intrigued about using the blog at the very onset for just organizing and saving your gathered information. 
not publish your blog, so you use it maybe as part of a research project where you're keeping everything, but you may not necessarily want anyone else to use it because you're using it to organize your own life or your crafts or business stuff, but you don't want anyone else to see it. Uh, do, you, do you, what kind of platform are you using? Do you know? I don't have anything like that. Okay. Um, you can password protect your website. Most hosts, hosting companies should, should have a way for you to do that pretty easily without being able to program yourself. I think most blog publishing systems also have that ability now. I'm not certain because I haven't done that myself, so forgive me on that. Um, I organize things by putting them in categories, and my categories don't make a whole lot of sense all the time. I, one of my categories is things I think are neat. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Blogger, and I know that WordPress can give you two ways to categorize your posts. There's categories and then there's tags. So you can get more specific. Like if I put up a recipe uh, for some cake, for a cake that I make, I can put it under food and then I can tag it with cake, chocolate, icing, and whatever happens to be in the post. Like if I talk about my mixer, I could put, you know, KitchenAid mixer. I don't use tags because I'm lazy. I just use uh, the categories. But that will help you find things later. And generally, the search, I know for sure that the search within the WordPress program um, works better for me than searching my own site through Google. So I actually use that to find my own information, like to find things that I posted about earlier. So. I use WordPress too. I really, I really like that. Cool. Now, did you? Her question uh, raises a, another question for me. I mean, did you consider at the beginning not making your blog public? No, no. You always wanted to have it, yeah, just out there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anybody else have any questions? Okay, in the red or pink? I mean, it's hard to see in the light there. Hi, I'm Samantha. I'm from uh, San Francisco, <laughs> and I like My question is, um, for most of the, the posts that you make, are you finding finding just through surfing, or do people submit um, links and products to you? Surfing. People do send me links, um, and I will include them, and I, w I will say, like, thank you to whoever sent them to me. Um, but most of it's my own surfing. I've got, obviously, I read you know, RSS feeds pretty obsessively. Um, a, lot of, a lot of it comes from something where I... I'm wondering about something, so I do a bunch of research, and then that leads to me finding other things. So, there's somebody else over here that had a question. At least I thought maybe I'm seeing things. Any other questions? I'm uh, Katie Christian. I'm from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I've insulted half the room. No, it's <laughs> Um, my question is, have you done anything or did you do anything to try to get your blog, you know, out there and marketed in some way or another, and then, this isn't really connected, but kind of, do you, like, have, charge, like, advertising? Do you sell advertising on your blog? Things like that. I never did anything to try to get 
attention paid to my blog. Um, but back in 2001, there weren't that many. So all of my traffic has grown organically, and I realize that's completely unhelpful <laughs> to everyone else, and I apologize. Um, the, the other question was... Oh, advertising. Ad- advertising. I, I use Google Ads and um, Federated Media Ads and uh, Amazon Affiliate. So if I review a book, I can link to it on Amazon. If somebody buys it, I get a couple cents. It, it can cover my hosting costs. It's nothing major. But um, it's one of those things where anytime something happens to be on Amazon, you can link to it and make a little bit of money. I, I hope I'm not... You know, I hope this, that kind of stuff is pretty straightforward. People know that I do that. I'm not just trying to make money from my website, obviously. So I hope the readers don't find that deceptive. So. I think a lot of people are doing the Amazon stuff. Yeah, I don't think... We don't think less of you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and your question about, the, you know, if you, if, asking if she did anything and to draw attention. I think a lot of blogs, uh, I've interviewed a lot of people that I found online just for when I'm looking for people to interview for my website. And um, many of them have not done anything like overtly to call my attention to them. Like say, Hey, can you, can you interview me or can I, I, can you feature me on your blog? Um, a lot of it is just, um, they're consistent. They're, they have a presence and they are continuing to update their website. They're continuing, like their, their presence is constant and uh, you know, it might not be every day, but if you're just trying to get people to notice what you're doing, be consistent and keep, keep at it. Cause that's what Megan did. And that's really what, um, you know, that's part of the reason why she's, you know, speaking at a conference and telling other people what to do. I mean, she just did her thing and didn't worry too much about it. If you worry a lot about it and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just have to get people to pay attention to what I'm doing. You almost can get lost in, in like you lose sight of why you're doing it, you know, and it becomes this, like you're chasing the attention. And, um, I think one of the things I find really appealing about Megan's blog is it's just this, you know, it's just what she likes, you know, and she's not trying to, you know, trick us into coming back all the time. It's just her, you know, and that's what makes it really great. And that's the people, like, when I'm looking for people to feature, I mean, that's what attracts me to them is just the consistency and being authentic, you know. So, so yeah, so you don't have to spend lots of money to try to, you know, get out there. So does anybody else have any questions? Hi, hi. I'm Grace from Cincinnati. We've emailed before. Cool. I wrote about Crafty Superstar. Yeah, hi. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, like, where do you, where do you want to go from here? Like, do you see like turning your blog into a book or doing, making it bigger somehow? I'm not entirely sure. Um, I really should have a plan, and I don't. I have been approached about book deals, but at, at the time, I didn't feel like I had it in me, but they've made me like reevaluate that. But I'm not a writer. I, I just like collecting information. So books frighten me. I feel like I would get way in over my head way too quickly. Um, so no, I don't have a plan. I wish I did. It would be helpful. Uh, maybe not plan, but a dream. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're making you go deep here. <laughs> it, would be ni- it would be nice if I could make a, a living off of the website. I I don't know if that's possible because it's what I, I enjoy doing. I'm constantly thinking of things that I can do to post about on my website. So that would be great. Um, other than that, no, I am, again, unhelpful in this regard. So. <laughs> 
Sometimes though, um, I tended to be a person that would always plan, like try to plan every five minutes or like the next five minutes of my life and then the five minutes after that. And I finally got to a point where I realized when things weren't going the way I planned to kind of surrender to the universe. And so what you're doing works for you. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like she's just continuing to go. We know most of us in the room knew about her blog before we heard her start talking today. And that's something to build on. So whatever she does next, whether it's a book or you know, one, if you have something established in a body of work that you can show, that's all money in the bank. You know, just like your education and other things you've done, she has an established, you know, thing going. So, so yeah, I mean, sometimes it's good not to have a plan. So, so yeah. And we'll all be excited to see what you do next. Any other questions? Oh, Moxie in the back there. It's not so much a question, but I'm also one of those people who doesn't make comments on blogs. <laughs> so it's a confession. <laughs> Comment on your blog. <laughs> <laughs> your, your blog is like, um, without offense, you're my own personal Jesus. <laughs> Almost as if you have um, OCD, so I don't have to. <laughs> I, it's my second Google, often. Oh, cool. um, and I, what I also love is the, um, the width of scope that you get interested in, that it's not just food and it's not just crafts, that there's tech stuff in there, but it's not just computers and it's not gadgety. Um, I looked to you second when I was looking to get uh, an expensive camera because I was like, I bet you she's done this. <laughs> and even though I RSS it, I don't read everything, but I don't have to because I can go there and count it as one of the things that I have in my toolbox of stuff I didn't have to do and um, information I can find to help me do whatever it is I want to do next. And that's a huge service and I truly appreciate the work that you put into it. Oh, thank you, Moxie. Right. And just for the record, I, I wish Moxie would keep a blog more consistently because she has really great, she has really great information too. <laughs> not that, not that she's not consistent. Yeah. Moxie's more interested in just making smart ass. <laughs> well, that was lovely. That was lovely, and that's one of the things that's about being out on the web is that you put yourself out there, and it's a very like you almost feel like nude in public. Not that I've had a lot of experience being nude in public, but um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's one of those things where you know you put yourself out there. But I know my life has changed dramatically. You know. I never would have been able to come out to Seattle and actually have someone pick me up at the airport who I did not know except through my blog. I mean, that's, you know, people were like, that's dangerous. You're getting in the car with a stranger. I'm like, no, I read her blog, you know, it's no problem. You know, Alessandra's cool, you know. And, you know, not only did she pick me up at the airport, but gave me stuffed toys, crocheted for my children, wearing aprons. I mean, I'm just like, you know, it's just like, I mean, the, the, the love that you feel from people that you might feel like kind of, um, like you don't belong in your own community, like walking down your street with an apron. If any of you walk down the street with an apron all the time, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you, 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 the internet has been one of these things that's so great about it is you can be in a room and then someone like Moxie will say something cool about your blog. And that's awesome. You know, that's really awesome. And um, so if you can take anything away from this, it's like if you haven't, don't have a voice online or have a blog online right now, or you're just kind of struggling with your presence, just kind of remember, you know, kind of go to Megan's blog and check it out and kind of see what she's doing and just be reminded that, you know, what you put out into the world, it does come back to you. You might get someone saying that you look like a dude, you know, <laughs> 
or someone saying that you totally suck and they hate your podcast or whatever. You might have that happen on occasion, but most of the comments you get really are affirming and you know, encourage people to keep going. You're part of the, the grassroots. Tell us a little bit about that. The Grassroots Business Association is, uh, was started by uh, five of us here in Seattle because primarily because we realized that since we all work alone, we had nobody to ask advice or compare and contrast or um, try to figure out situations. So we started a group where we could meet and talk about things like that. And we have monthly meetings. We try to do guest speakers or uh, just events where we can hang out and talk. In fact, I think next week we're having a, a summer picnic right across the street at Cal Anderson Park here in Seattle. It's a beautiful park. And we've met a, a bunch of really great people. And um, I just ran into somebody that came to one of our first meetings who said she wanted to open a cheese shop. And she's got a cheese shop open now. And oh, in wow. part because she met her accountant was one of our board members. And that she said that was a huge help to find an accountant who knew about small business stuff and cared about small business concerns. Um, so there's a lot of networking stories like that. Uh, that happen through grassroots, and we absolutely love that. And did grassroots evolve out of the blog, the, all the bloggers who are the people that connected? Like, did you guys meet, a lot of you meet because you had blogs, or? Some of us did. I know, I met Kristen because I knew her blog and her store, Schmancy, here in, in Seattle. Um, and I knew Andrea, uh, I think from, from seeing her husband's uh, booth at craft fairs. The Matthew, Matthew Porter art, he's got great kids' books, which we give to our niece and nephew. They're fantastic. Highly recommended. And then Kristen knew the other people. Yeah. Kristen knows everybody. Kristen does know everybody. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I'm sitting here because of her. You know, it's, it's incredible. But, yeah, it's – and, it, it, you know, so if you go back home and you, you're kind of like, okay – you know, I want you want to connect because it's what you guys have going here in Seattle is really cool because you've been able to connect with each other, like-minded small business people, and really get cool things going like this conference. And it's it's really inspiring to see. And so it sounds like in real life, you folks, it's not just online, some kind of illusion. In real <laughs> life, these people are making differences in their communities, and it's inspiring. Is it open to other to anyone? Or? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have an annual membership, but you can also just come and pay a small amount per meeting if you'd rather do that, and you're um, you're welcome to come next and week if you'd like. There is um, so most of the, most of the, the organizational information is done at meetup.com, but if you go to grassrootsbusinessassociation.com, it'll have all the information on upcoming events and a link to the meetup site where you can see who else is coming. And there, it looks like there's some cards in the back. And we have so, business cards in the back, if you like. Yeah, so they're ready. They're ready for you. So does anyone else have any questions? Any questions about anything related to community building online or in person? So does, oh, someone just... I'm like, it's like an auction. I'd be terrible Don't at that. Don't touch your hair. I'd be like, sold! And some scratching <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to sit at my hands on an auction because I like flinch all around. So, so it, the one thing that I think is just really, you know, really fantastic about what you're doing is that you're not seeking attention, but yet you're getting attention, which is really kind of cool. So you you have your your website, and you, you, we're not going to hold you to committing to any kind of like plan for the next five years. But on a daily basis. Like you're, when you plan out your posting, I'm interested in your whole process because it sounds like you're, you're keeping a, a list and kind of, do you have these as bookmarks in your computer or do you, when you're kind of composing your, your posts? 
I um, actually have a lot of post-its on my monitor and on <laughs> the edge of the shelf over my desk with a, a single idea on them. Yeah. Um, and when I have run out of things to do, I will, I will go through my post-it notes. Um, I, do, I do have a lot of bookmarks, incredible amount of bookmarks that I occasionally go back into to see. And it's things that aren't, I don't want to link to yet or they don't fit somewhere in my, my links post or it's an idea that I don't want to let anyone know about yet. Sorry. Um, well, what constitutes an idea you don't want to let anybody, is it like kind of that whole thrift shop thing? It's like the Goodwill outlet by me. Like, I don't want to tell anybody the address of it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because now, I think Goodwill's too expensive. Like, $2 for a shirt, because I can get it, like, 30 cents a pound. You know? But is it that kind of thing where you're, like... Yeah, or or it's or it's going to be a jumping-off point, and I haven't figured out where I'm going to okay, land. So yeah. it's, like, it's, like, kind of percolating a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm relieved to hear you do Post-it notes, because my husband, like, is a tech guy, and he's got all these... He got When he got me an iPhone... I was putting post-it notes on my iPhone. <laughs> and he's like, hello, it's a smartphone, you know. And my husband actually doesn't say hello. <laughs> That's me. He doesn't talk that way. But I put post-it notes. I borrowed his iPad, and I don't have any post-it notes, but I have actually put post-it notes on that. And it's just, but hey, you know, sometimes you just have to go with the written word, you know. Are you really organized with, like, like your house? Because you're, you're really... No? Okay. I'm, I'm relieved by that, too, because when I look at your website, I'm thinking, this woman must be very organized. No. no. My studio is a mess right, right. now. Yeah. Oh, awesome. It's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And there's a reason I have no pictures up of my workspace, and it's because it looks like it's been abandoned. So You know, I propose that we all take pictures of our messy work. <laughs> Seriously, because we all need to, like, feel better about ourselves. Because to me, it's like this dirty secret that I talk about all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel terrible. But anyway, well, I really appreciate this experience to just meet with you in person and get to talk to you. And thank you all for coming and, and being part of this conference. And those of you who listen to my show, I really appreciate that. It's... Um, a labor of love and I wouldn't do it if you guys didn't want to listen anymore so thank you and thank you thank you for your time thanks alright let's give it up okay so wasn't that great I really enjoyed myself out there and the audience was just so kind and Megan did a great job and it was much harder than most Craft Sanity interviewees have it. She had to not only answer questions about her life and so forth, but she did it in front of a live audience. And, you know, that's a little more nerve-wracking than the normal recording setup that I have. So she did great, and it was so fun to do. And I think I'm kind of addicted to the clapping. (laughs) Let me just tell you, it is so affirming to have that happen. Because if someone is at home and they're listening to the podcast and they're like, hey, right on, sister, with something that's said. Like, I can't hear that. But being before an audience, that was really cool. It was a pleasure to meet Megan in person. Thank you, Megan, so much for just being on the show. I really appreciated that. So you folks need to head over to to Megan's website, notmartha.com, and uh, check it out. I'd like to thank my sponsors once again. The first is Mela.com, and Mela actually sponsored the Conference of Creative Entrepreneurs, so I got to meet the organizers out there, which was really awesome. And 
you know, this is a new platform. At first I was kind of like, Mela, what, what's Mela? You know, I had no idea what it was. And um, they did a little demo where they kind of showed how you can set up an online shop and do some blogging. Also, either post free tutorials or sell your tutorials in patterns. It's pretty easy. And there's no coding or anything that you have to do. It's all done for you. It's automated. And it's basically allows you to be able to sell your products, teach tutorials, and also kind of blog and get your story across to your customers. Because I think those of us who are trying to sell things online, I think you, you pretty quickly realize that if people know your story, they're going to buy your products faster than if you just kind of try to impersonally sell your items online. So telling your story definitely helps sell your product. So Mela combines a simple online store, blogging system, and social media marketing features into an easy-to-use, all-inclusive platform. And with Mela, you can build your online presence in 15 minutes or less. So head on over to Mela.com and check it out. And they're just getting started. This is a very new company. And, you know, so things are just going to build from here. So um, I just feel completely in the know that I know what Mela is, and now you do too. So yeah, we're all ahead of the game here. And I also want to thank Annie Pearl for being a repeat sponsor. She's back again for this episode. So if you head over to AnniePearl.Etsy.com, you're going to find everything from stitch markers to project bags and all kinds of tote bags made by a knitter with a knitter in mind. So you know... These bags are going to have adequate space for all the knitting tools and goodies that we like to carry with us. And they're so much prettier than the shopping bags I've been carrying around. So, you know, I need to head over to Annie Pearl (laughs) and get some special totes for crafting that can be designated for crafting. And if it's too small to put a gallon of milk in, perhaps I will just use it as as a craft bag. Then I won't have to hijack my stash of shopping bags that should be used for shopping for my groceries. So yeah, so Annie Pearl, there's a chance she could save the world by just giving us pretty bags to be able to put our craft supplies in because um, I think I'm starting to embarrass my children going around with these ugly reusable shopping bags. They're just, I mean, they're not... The ones you get for free are not all that pretty, and they're just not fun to use. So anyway, head over to AnniePearl.Etsy.com where you can find some stylish bags to put your knitting in. And if you don't knit, I mean, these would be appropriate also for crocheting and uh, small projects like sewing and so forth. So thanks again to Annie Pearl for coming back to sponsor Craft Sanity. Once again, I really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a sponsor of an upcoming episode of Craft Sanity, we'd love to hear from you. This is especially appropriate for indie businesses and those of you who are trying to get the word out about what you make. So send us a little note. You can contact us, sponsors at craftsanity.com for information. There's also a sponsors link on the website. Uh, The rates are pretty affordable, so check it out. And if you have some other ideas, feel free to send me a note and we can try to work something out because I I absolutely love working with people who make things by hand. I make things by hand and love to be able to work out partnerships to mutually support each other and the crafty things that we do. So thank you to everyone who tuned in for this episode. Once again, thank you to the folks at the Conference of Creative Entrepreneurs for making this episode possible. And of course, Megan Reardon for being the first guest as part of a live recording before an audience. We had a little studio audience, which was really exciting. So yeah, I'm looking for more opportunities like that. That was really fun and I really enjoyed it. So if you'd like to have a Craft Sanity taping 
in your neck of the woods, send me a note. Maybe we can work something out because I am up for anything. I'll tell you more about this in the after show, but I own a, a used motorhome now. <laughs> so I can motor to your community if, uh, if you're close enough. I probably won't motor to Seattle because that would be really expensive and take me about two weeks to get there. So anyway, um, stick around for the after show. I'm going to talk a little bit more about my trip and some things that I have on tap for the future here at Craft Sanity. I'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. I'm going to talk fast because... I have to get back to my Art Prize project. Art Prize is a big, huge international arts competition here in Grand Rapids. It's kind of debatable whether or not I have any business being in this competition. Um, <laughs> I am not, uh, I've never had a gallery show or anything like that. My art quilts are prominently displayed in my living room. The fart quilt is up there on the wall in all its glory. If you're wondering what the fart quilt is, go to my website and look up fart quilt and you'll be. Uh, You'll be enlightened. I just uh, don't want to rehash the story for the folks who've already heard it. <laughs> uh, and basically, I am uh, hand-stitching together 127 paper-pieced hexagon blooms that were made from rich men's ties here in Grand Rapids. Not everyone that donated a tie is completely loaded, but all are in positions of authority or power. Several of them are loaded, and, um, which makes this, it's very strange to, you know, I, I took these ties and cut them all up. Well, first I put interfacing on the back, we took them apart, put interfacing on the back and then cut them all up into three inch squares. I did have some help taking them apart. Then I had quite a few helpers, um, do the English paper piecing where we took hexagon pieces of paper and used templates from paperpieces.com. Um, some people did, you know, a bloom or two, you know, one person did like 12, another person did 18, which was really, really helpful. On my trip to Seattle, I did 14, you know, on the plane ride there and back, I did a total of 14 blooms, the last 14 that had to be done. And uh, ever since I have, you know, I've been back from Seattle, I uh, have been stitching. I'm making, it was going to be one giant quilt with one giant bloom, but when the colors, I put them down together, it was absolutely horrifying. And I got kind of scared. And then I went through the whole, like, despair phase of this art competition where I'm like, there's just no way. There's no way this is going to come together. It's so big. The project's too big for me. What am I doing? And then I kind of snapped myself out of that. And uh, now I'm making five individual panels that will have one hexagon, well, like one big bloom on each panel. And uh, these are taking quite a while to stitch. I'm going to say a lot of prayers as I do this. <laughs> it means I honestly have no idea how this is going to turn out because I've never done this before. I've made quilts before, but I've never done anything exactly like this. So um, it's going to be a trip. It already has been a trip. And my hand, my my left hand is very, very sore from stitching. Like, well, from I actually stitch with my right hand, but my left hand has been like clutching these, pinching these pieces together that I'm whip stitching. And it's amazing. Like I will go for like marathon stretches of stitching. I've, I've spent one day where I stitched, I think for 10 hours. It's insane. And ironically, I read my daughter's, the new library opened in town, and I read my daughter's, this, but I found a book on the shelf, and it's called 
uh, Queen of Inventions, How the Sewing Machine Changed the World. And it's a book by Lori Carlson, and it's a children's book. And it said, long ago, people sat all day and sometimes into the night stitching with needle and thread. This was the only way to make ship sails for going across the sea, wagon covers for traveling west, and blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) And it was really funny to me that, you know, this book goes on and says, you know, it was a lot of stitching and a lot of hard work. And so we, we read about how the Singer sewing machine kind of changed the world. And I'm just laughing because you know, it's kind of ironic because I've, I've been doing so much hand stitching, even though I have all these modern technology, you know, I have a, I have several sewing machines. And of course I decided to do a hand stitched art prize project. And, um, if you've been following the, you know, what I've been doing for a while, you know, that I'm doing this as a charity project to raise money for a local woman's shelter. The project got a little bigger than me. And I guess I was expecting that it would be more of a group project. And it's kind of been more of like a solo project with, some cameo appearances from some other volunteers, which has been really helpful. But boy, did I get myself in over my head because it's been basically a full-time job for the last several weeks. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting my life back. And I really hope that this you know project comes out well, you know, because when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to see clearly like what you're doing and make sense of (laughs) why you're doing it. And you kind of just get overwhelmed in the midst of it. So I'm really looking forward to being done with my project and getting to go out. Um, Art Prize starts here in Grand Rapids, September 22nd and goes for a couple weeks. And it's a really fabulous competition from a spectator perspective. I mean, it's wonderful because the city is flooded with art. There's free exhibits all over town. It's absolutely just wonderful. And this is the second year. Last year I was a spectator. This year, um, really without really planning to be in it, I find myself in this competition and definitely not thinking I'm going to win by any means. But I am going to really enjoy talking to other artists and interviewing many of them. I got really sick last year around the time this started, um, so I didn't get to do all the interviews I'd hoped for. So this year I'm going to try to make up for that and interview some people. There's some really great art that's going to be displayed in town. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on, and it's kind of the reason why I haven't been blogging all that much, because I've been stitching constantly. just want to do a little shout out that um, I, I really enjoyed the people that I met in Seattle, and it um, was particularly fun for me was to meet up with some people who have been listening to Craft Sanity for a long time, and you know I kind of knew them through email. Some of them I had never met before came up and introduced themselves, which is really fun. Um, special thanks to Alessandra Hayden from Just Be Happy. She's got a great Etsy shop called Just Be Happy, and she crochets up a storm. Um, she's the one who gave my children the one-eyed crocheted monsters that they absolutely love, and each of those monsters is wearing an apron. She picked me up from the airport, and we went to lunch down at the at the market on the pier, and it was really, really fun. And, um, you know, I know Alessandra through her blog and through we've corresponded by letters and email And it was just great to get to meet her in person. She's very talented and great mom and um, has a boy who's just delightful. I didn't get to meet him in person, but the pictures are so super cute. And I got to meet Laura B, who does the Laura B handbags and her... Her, um, I'll put a link to um, the folks I'm mentioning here. I got to visit her shop. Unfortunately, I was completely jet lagged when I made it to her shop. So I was like, she's the cutest little shop. And it is, and it's really not actually that little. She's expanded and you can go into her shop and pick out fabric and 
get a custom handbag made to your specifications and very, very awesome. And she's very organized about the way she runs her business. And she's really built a very impressive business that is fun for people to come to. And unfortunately, I just, I didn't have the time or the mental capacity to make some selections to order a bag. So I guess this is a reason I have unfinished business in Seattle. So I need to get back and, uh, on my next trip, hopefully, I will be able to have uh, the clarity of mind to actually order a bag and have that experience because I didn't really want to rush it because that kind of defeats the purpose. You probably should allow yourself, I would say, at least um, an hour or two to go in there and really pick things out. I mean, if you know what you want right away and can make a quick decision, by all means, go in and do it all at once. Um, I interviewed Laura for an episode of Craft Sanity, so I will link to that as well. So if you go to the the blog, I'll have some links there. And um, Laura, it was a pleasure to meet you. We actually went to a coffee shop after that and talked late into the evening, which was really fun. Again, it's just so great to connect in person with people whose work I've respected online. And that was really great. I was able to catch an opening at Schmancy, that's uh, Kristen Rass' store, and it was uh, for Scrumptious Delight. Uh, it was featuring the artist Becky Gold, and um, and I really enjoyed seeing her work in person. And she's a member of the the Etsy plush team, and they actually just came out with a book that is really cute. And I'm going to be blogging about that. And I shot a little video with Becky and uh, interviewed her about what she makes. So I'm going to post that as well. I have since I've been stitching constantly on this project. I have not like I didn't come back and immediately was not able to just start throwing all this stuff up on the web. So bear with me. I am going to get it up there. And it was great to meet Becky Stern and do a podcast workshop with her. We had fun. And Becky is really quite the crafty dynamo herself. She's a associate editor for Craft Magazine. She also does work with Make Magazine as well. And so she is was working on her laptop pretty much constantly. And very tech savvy, very craft savvy, and just an all around nice person. So you can check out what she's doing and I'll put some links to her, her website as well. And I also got to meet Jenny Hart, who is also featured on Craft Sanity on a previous episode. I'll put a link to that episode as well. So there's a lot of just really inspiring people. And of course, I'm not remembering to, to mention everybody, but I really enjoyed the people who listen to the show and, you know, we're not speaking on panels. I enjoyed talking to them just as much as everybody else, because everybody has something to contribute to the creative conversation. And you don't have to be on stage or on a speaker's list to, to contribute. So you, we all need to remember that, that no matter where, what stage you are in this, if you're just starting out or you've been around for a while, we all have something to contribute. So I love to you know, meet the people that love the same, same things I do. And also it was fun. I met Kelly Jones, who has uh, an Etsy shop called reptilian.etsy.com. And um, she was kind enough to walk with me to the Japanese bookstore. And that was really fun. I bought a few Japanese craft books and have no idea what they say. (laughs) But they sure are pretty and inspiring. And I'll be posting about those as well. Yeah, it was just overall was a wonderful time that I had out in Seattle. I definitely want to go back. My next project after I get my art prize piece done is to, I want to put together a zine. And so I've been kind of soaking up zines and I obviously don't want to rip off other people's ideas. Um, what I like to do is promote other zine makers because that's actually one of the things I excel at is promoting, is promoting people. So if you make a zine and you want to give me some advice or just share what you do, 
I'm going to be doing a post about zines soon as I kind of research how to make my own. And mine is going to be kind of, um, my idea is to have it be more of a, um, electronic format as well. So I'm going to kind of publish something in two formats at once. Wish me luck on that. It's kind of uncharted waters for me. I know other people have done it very successfully, but I have never tried this before. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get something out this winter. So the idea is I'm looking for project ideas and story submissions that are, um, have kind of a winter cozy up focus. I know here in the States, we're moving into fall and, um, one of my favorite times of year. I love the fall color and I love the temperature where you can wear a sweater or sweatshirt. I'm a sweater and sweatshirt kind of girl. So I really like that. So yeah, if you have any story ideas or advice just about zines, um, or if you have a favorite zine that you think I should check out, uh, by all means, send that. I'm looking for, like I said, project ideas. I'd like to have all the art forms represented if possible. So um, in all craft forms. So what I'm looking for is diversity in projects. Um, I don't want all knitting patterns, but I'd like to have some knitting, some sewing, you know, crocheting, you know, uh, just stitching, of course, since I'm kind of addicted to stitching. Um, I like needlework. So, so yeah, I mean, if you have an idea, it's a great way to promote what you're doing, you know, kind of get the word out. Uh, if you think someone sh- would be good to interview, for this first installment, let me know. I've talked about doing this before and I just never really got it off the ground, but I'm finally to a point where I'm like, you know what? This is insane. I do tutorials every single week for TV. You know, I do a lot of photography and I'm, I'm coming up with projects all the time. So to, to fill a zine will be no problem at all. I could fill it with my own stuff, but I think it'd be way more interesting to fill it with other people's stuff as well. So, so yeah, so let me know if you want to get involved with that project. And yeah, I, there's more I could say. I could t- I'll talk about camping next time because I actually have been doing a little camping. We did get a used motorhome and we, I mean, my Airstream dream lives on, but I think what I want to do with an Airstream is actually buy one when I finally get my farm and I want to park it near a pond, lake or stream, wherever I end up living. A farm on a lake probably won't happen here in Michigan because <laughs> it would cost several million or billion dollars. Um, but yeah, if I have a little pond little stream going through some farmland, I would park my Airstream next to that, refurbish it, turn it into a working studio. Because truthfully, I don't know that I actually wanted to pull an Airstream across the country because one of the benefits of having a motorhome is you can actually, you know, the kids can be sitting at the booth seat and coloring or working on a craft project. And um, I get to sit up high in the front and help navigate and uh, have a great big dashboard a little, it has a little spot that's for my crafting. I can put my, my stitching projects there. I've made a lot of hexagon blooms traveling across the state this summer, which has been really fun. And I said I wasn't going to talk about camping until next time, but I guess I just talked a little bit about it. Yeah, I need to uh, talk to other crafty campers, though, and hear where you guys go. Like, where are some good campsites that are by, like, good art and craft attractions? Because I like to be able to travel someplace, retreat to the camper at night, but then be able to go check out some cool stuff during the day. So if you have suggestions, we'll need to compile a list, work together, compile a list, and have it available. So for next summer, we'll all have some good places we can plan trips to. So, okay. Oh, and I, I met Moxie, who is a very cool woman out in Seattle, who has inspired me. Um, I listened to the panel that she was on about having these hosting these huge craft shows. And... I really wanted to do one in Grand and here in Grand Rapids for a long time, and I, I'm feeling a little more inspired now. I've been kind of waiting for someone else to step forward and do it. So, um, if anyone wants to do it, by all means, step up and 
<laughs> and go for it, sister. But yeah, if that doesn't happen and I feel like I get my strength back after Art Prize, I might look into that. So we'll see. We'll see if anybody's interested in helping out with that. Let me know. That one's still percolating, but the zine is ser- a serious go because I'm really... Um, want to do that. So anyway, I got to stop talking and get back to stitching. Otherwise, I'm never going to make my September 18th deadline for the installation. So wish me luck. And I'll post a lot of goodies on the blog as soon as I get time because I have a bunch of backlog, just a huge backlog of books and other things I want to tell you about. Okay. All right. I think we're finally to the end of this after show. Yeah, this was a fun episode. So um, I can't wait till the next one. Take care and I'll be back soon.